I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You are listening to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Let's get faster. Welcome to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready. The aim of this podcast is to make you a happier and faster iRacing sim citizen. And today I've got expert sim racer and expert driver Matt Turompitz joining me. How's it going, Matt? I am amazed to be announced as such. Yeah, well, delighted to be here as always. Well, you're the best. You're the best I've got this week because we've had a dropout this week. So normally we try and have an expert sim racer on. We don't have one this week. Um, Rather than cancel the show, though, I thought we're sat down anyway. Let's just have a chat about our adventures. And I thought we might start a how to not be a knobhead in iRacing guide and start thinking of a a few topics for that. I have a suggestion. Yeah. Never say anything on race radio after an incident. There's one way to immediately save yourself lots of embarrassment. Okay, so if you look at my Spanners iRacing channel, I'll put a link to the recent Whose Fault Is It videos that I've been doing. And what's incredible is the the difference between how it looks in the cockpit and what it looks like when you when you look at it at the replay. So there's a couple of things. Firstly, your adrenaline's not flowing, so it looks different. The other thing is you when you look at it on the replay you're not seeing it from just your point of view where you've definitely been wiped out and you've definitely been hit and also the different angles the camera allows you to look at uh, makes things seem very different and the two people involved i think in the whose fault is it videos have have seen it from a different perspective after the video and after a bit of an analysis and so yeah the golden rule i think is don't press that push to talk button until you've gotten out of the car and you can see what happened yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're driving on a straight and someone pins you from behind, yeah. you can you can say, uh, "Excuse me," but other than that, yeah, you should really just just take a deep breath, recover as best you can, and have a look at it after the race. File a protest if you need to. All right. So what we'll do is uh, you can get in touch with us: feedback at mistapex.net, spanners at mistapex.net, or Matt at mistapex.net. Uh, we'll do a how to not be a knobhead in iRacing guide. And if you want to give us general suggestions, I think the crusade here 
It's just to try and have better driving standards as a iRacing community. It's a relatively small community, and iRacing has such potential to be like a hobby, a fully hobby level activity. What's taking the edge off that at the moment is is the driving standards and is the fact that you can just get pinged and I think when you do get pinged, people don't realise they've done anything wrong or they just get angry that they've been in an incident and not really understand why. Yeah, well, and you you become the victim. Uh, uh, you were driving, you were driving, you think, safely. Yeah. Someone does something out of control. And, and you know, as we were discussing last week, I mean, I think I lost about 200 I rating in two weeks. Yeah. Simply by participating. <laughs> and in... Only one of the incidents was it anything other than completely the other person's fault. What is your I rating now? Uh, it's eighteen yes. sixty or seventy, I think. Which it it started off this week at about eighteen hundred, and uh, I had a really good road Atlanta. So I've discovered the secret to not crashing actually in F three. If you'd like to hear it, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, feel free. Tangent away, but we'll roll back to the I rating. Yeah. Well, the secret is to, at the last second, after you've not done much practicing, revert to a setup, set a qualifying time that's five tenths faster than you've ever gone at that track, start fourth and hang on for dear life. That's pretty much the answer. Okay. So you've missed out a few steps. I love the, here's a problem. Um, Then you jump straight to how it was solved and go, just do that. So if you want to look better and feel healthier, just get a gym body with a washboard stomach and then you'll feel better. Yeah, it's the underpants gnome plan. <laughs> so what happened? Do you think you just fluked a, a setup that suddenly went, oh, well, that's better? Well, no, I, I had been experimenting with one setup that was a little bit looser. And I knew the other setup was stable. So I said, let me go for it. But I hadn't put in a lot of time in official mm. practice. And I guess the conditions were really good. So on my second qualifying lap, you know, I get up to the top of the hill and I'm green. I get down to the turn to the back straight i'm even greener i come up over the top of the hill and i see myself clicking over a half second faster than i've ever driven in this track (laughs) and i'm both delighted because it says you know oh congratulations you know you're starting fourth but i'm also terrified because i know that the setup was too draggy down the back straight and i was just going to get murdered by people once we were actually racing where'd you end up then uh, sixth overall. Ah, that'll do. That'll do. So, okay. So, not too damaging for I rating. I currently am 2,230, something like that at the moment. I've been pushing really hard to uh, to get myself into the top splits in the F3 officials. And Silverstone has been my friend massively. After Okayama, where I was quick and I was getting binned off everywhere, Silverstone was, was wonderful. And I just had race after race there. And when you're having a good week, that I made, made sure I made the time. So I did a bunch of those races, got that I rating up. But then when it got to Road Atlanta, which was our where we swarm, suddenly I turned into the biggest hypocrite because how much grief have I given Brad and Kyle for saying for, for, for protecting their I rating and farming their I rating? And I've been like, uh, no, um, I rating is a indicative of where you should be on the scale of that. But now that I'm up to a level where I might get into top splits in F3 if I build up a little bit, I no longer want, I don't want to risk it at Road Atlanta, which, as far as I'm concerned, is just a random roller coaster crash fest. You ride Road Atlanta, you don't drive it. I don't know. I, I've actually, I actually enjoyed racing there. And if I'd had a slightly better race setup, um, I think maybe not a podium, but I think I could have gained at least one or two places or maybe practice a little bit more. Cause honestly, I was still 
figuring out some of my breaking and turning points in the race, which is never ideal. Mm. So I find myself a bit guarded now. I don't know what's next up on the schedule. Um, I'm, I'm not sure either, but I think it's interesting. I would love to talk to Brad or, or someone who's had a look at our telemetry about what it is about these different tracks that, that we do better at certain ones than the other, like yeah. the characteristics that intrigues me because you're doing very well at Silverstone. You're much faster than me. Um, but then at Road Atlanta, I'm like, you know, I'm loving it there. And you're like, nope, just going to yeah. stay away. Don't want to risk it. It's horrible, Road Atlanta. I think Road Atlanta is a uh, is a kind of full-on nuts-out track, isn't it? And you have to just go for it over blind crests. You have to be very aggressive up on top. I hate any curbs the way you have to go up on them. I, I don't like anything stable, uh, unstable like that. So I, I tend to be fast at the tracks that feel like, quote-unquote, real tracks, you know, like Grand Prix tracks. So Silverstone is flat. I can I can see the sausage curbs. You avoid them. You're not expected to ride those. There's red and white curbs that you can get onto that are kind of grippy and that you can attack. And in those kind of clean conditions, that's where I seem to be fast. Give me a slidey track, a street circuit, curbs that you're meant to go up on, or undulation where you can't see the corners. And that and then I I, I need a I'm a fair weather driver. I think perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. I also just wonder if um, the type of setup that is favored by certain tracks works better for me in some instances and not you and Maybe. vice versa. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Also, I wonder, I seem to do well at the tracks where there's a lot of heavy braking and you're having to finesse the braking through the corners because I've spent a lot of time here on this podcast and bugging Brad constantly to learn how to do that with the brakes. And perhaps in, say, your average F3 lobby people are, are a little bit less kind of or lack a little bit of that so when there's a, a track that doesn't need that as much which i'd probably argue road atlanta doesn't quite need that as much it's a bit more binary with the brakes it's a bit of point and squirt almost if you can find the corner um i don't i don't i lose the advantage of the hard work i've tried to do on the braking i don't know maybe maybe yeah hmm. no i was i was just i find in general i like a pointier setup than you do mm-hmm yeah. See, without experts, which is us two guessing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means beyond that, but yeah. uh, all right, but, let's, that's been my general observation. We'll, we'll put a pin in that one because I think that is a good that is a good question. If there's a track where a pointier setup works better, do you do better than I do? For example, and also I keep someone someone told me in a chat why I don't mind understeer, and I can't remember why, but uh, yeah. So someone someone explained it to me. Went, oh, well, that's why you don't mind understeer, and I completely forgotten what it was. Okay, let's go on to uh, how to not be a knobhead. Go on, no, go on, Matt. What is it? We're much more experts on the knobhead thing, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Let's just move on to the knobhead thing. That's all right. Okay, so the first one on mine. How to? I don't know. Knobhead's a bit of a doorknob. Don't be a doorknobhead. Is that is what that is short that's for? What we meant? Yes. Yeah. I don't know what you're thinking there in the cheap seats. I think the first one here is is definitely cold tires on lap one and it's absolutely going for it and i have been for the first time practicing pace on cold tires well which is interesting because normally it's just been survival on cold tires so you've got to be ready for some understeer you've got to be ready for it to not bite and turn and you've got to be ready to be more patient on the throttle and what we see time and time again is that that cold tire drift you know where everybody's breaking together it's like a beautiful ballet all the cars pile to the apex they start to move away dun 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 
tin, 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 tin. And then one person's back end just pirouettes away like a space movie where they lose track with a spacecraft and off they go, which is fine if it's Silverstone. But a lot of the time there's a wall or they pin back in and they take people out. Yeah, well, that's all going to depend on are they spinning off of the track out of everybody else's way? Are they spinning across the track in front of everybody? Um, Yeah. And you are you are you are absolutely right. Um, It's important to spend some time gunning it out of the pits and driving as fast as you possibly can in order to understand how your car is going to behave on the first lap. And also to know where your particular vulnerabilities are. I can tell you exactly where I'm going to lose it at Silverstone on cold tires because I've done it a number of times. I've done it often enough to know exactly yeah. where I have to be careful. So what you notice a lot in practice sessions, if you jump in, is people being really slow on the outlap or weaving around, warming up their tires on the outlap. Um, and that doesn't do them any good when it comes to race time. So maybe to avoid being an idiot, on lap one on cold tires, like you suggested, be in your pit box and then go, right, I am, I'm gunning for it immediately. I'm going to go and do this lap as fast as I can without spinning. So then when it gets to the race, you know what it's like on cold tires. And I think a lot of the time people will just, they, they come out on the outlap and they go, well, this doesn't matter. I'm either warming my tires up or I'm just getting around the track. And then they go for it. And then their first push lap on stone cold tires is the start of the race. Yeah, it helps if you do a test session to make conditions a little bit worse because it's just going to exacerbate where the issues are for you. It'll be more easily identifiable. I like to practice slightly worse conditions than I race in because then you find the grip and you feel more confident. Oh, I'm finding time. I mean, even in yesterday's practice for the championship, I actually did set a personal fast lap, even though I was only on for 10 minutes before qualifying started. Or maybe it was in qualifying. I don't remember. It was open qualifying is what it was. It was like a, a long qualifying session into a race. So, yeah, so push, do, do those laps out of the pits, I think, where, so you're used to it. And also, when you do, when I've been doing like race runs with your fuel, it's representative. Because if I'm pushing on the cold lap, then when I'd say do lap two, and I do a time only eight tenths up, uh, down, sorry, on my best time, I go, oh, good, that's my lap two pace. And I've been concentrating on trying to go, right, well, actually, what is my lap two pace, lap three pace, lap four pace until, you know, it's around sort of four or five, isn't it? You start getting the good times. But yeah. I've not really paid any attention to the times that were before that because I'll go, well, they don't matter. But of course, they massively matter in a race, don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about your best time being your best average time, then you want mm. each lap to be as fast as possible. So paying attention to each lap and having an idea of where you want it to be is good. And I find that to get really complicated when you start to talk about setup, because a lot of times we just pick the setup that we can drive the single fastest lap on. Yes. Yeah. Guilty. But but if your first lap, like if you can drive your first lap a second faster with a slightly slower setup and your second lap, you know, three quarters of a second faster, then you may not need to be have that last tenth or two in order to set your fastest race time. Yeah, and I might have saved myself, actually, because we have been using, for the Missed Apex series, uh, we issue setups for people who can't be bothered to do their own setup, like me included. And for Silverstone, we actually found that our Barcelona setup was brilliant, straight out of the box. And I, I don't understand setups, but we just changed the, the amount of fuel, and our Barcelona setup was good to go. I went to the PDS Pro setup for Silverstone, which seemed a bit 
pointier and biteier, and it kind of felt okay, and my, my optimal time came down. But because I was watching out for my lap two, lap three pace, I realized I was losing about half a second a lap early on before that pace came in. Yeah, and I think you'll find that a lot, especially with the lower downforce setups, is it takes them longer yeah. to get up to speed. And so if you can't manage it, then you might you might do better off overall with a higher downforce setup, which will also probably give you more stability early on in the race. When like at Road Atlanta, um, two people who passed me spun in front of me. And I was like, yep, you're much faster down the back straight, but, but yeah. I'm still in the race. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's talk about the guys who are not in the race because they spun off on their cold tires. The next step on how to not be uh, a wobbly head is holding brakes. When to hold brakes and when to not hold brakes. The, actually, there's an easier one because I've had this on a few occasions is people actually lighting the tires up. So they've spun, they're in the middle of the track, they're upset. And in fact, one of my fail videos, which I'll post a link to, was it was a Spanner's F3 Magical Adventures, was a guy who, who spun out of cops. And this is lap one. So cops is not, you need a little lift with warm tires, but with cold tires, you probably want to be lifting a bit longer. You want to come down a gear. You want to be a bit more patient uh, getting back on the power. He spins, he's in the middle of the track, facing horizontally, lights the tires up. Because, you know, as, as you're coming to a stop, you can just see him raging. The tires light up, he moves forward a meter, takes one guy out. Does the same thing when he ends up getting spun the other way, takes another guy out. He took out seven cars in total, whereas had he just stayed still, no one would have hit him. So I think if you're in the middle of the track, you've just got to get those brakes on, stay still, and just wait. Yeah, th- that getting on the brakes, th- the only time you might not want to is if you're at the edge of the track and spinning off. You might want to wait till yes. you're off the track to yeah. step on the brakes. Yeah. Um, otherwise, your main goal when you're spinning is to get out of people's way and crucially to try and rejoin safely. And I will say that can be very, very challenging and sometimes is exacerbated because I've, I've noticed that especially in F3, you get a lot of yellow flags that don't mean anything ever. Yes, you do, yeah. Sometimes it's just because someone's a bit off pace. Yeah, uh, but but you do, especially in the opening lap, want to exercise a little bit of caution as you're headed into unsighted areas in case someone is trying to get back on track. You want to leave yourself room to avoid them if they're going to impact your line. Oh, and, I- and I've had it happen to me, people getting back on track, and I know they were looking, and I've looked at my relative box set, I've got three seconds, let me get back on track here, and bang, Someone's just right into the side of you. No matter how hard you try, sometimes it's going to happen. But the more careful you are, the better it is for everybody. So you would hope, and I think these are enforced, you would hope that if you protest someone who just rejoins the track and hits you, I've heard that that is leading to bans. So I think people do need to protest those. But there's like an hour cooldown period, isn't there, before you can do a protest. So I think a lot of times people just move on and they don't bother. But if we did protest these things more, perhaps you know, we'd get a better racing environment. So unsafe rejoins, that is definitely, that's definitely one of them. And that is just a complete lack of consideration. So a lot of these are just like a lack of skill. The unsafe rejoin is just being kind of rude. And it's like, well, you may as well just wait the extra few seconds and not be wiped out. Uh, yeah, interesting with the holding brakes. I think if you're, if you're near the edge of the track and you can just roll off, just roll off the track. But with a wide open space like Silverstone, where there's a lot of concrete and runoff, 
what you do sometimes see is you go, a, a car is spinning. They let themselves roll off, but you thought they were going to stop. So you pick a line on the outside of them and you, you're like, okay, I'm fine. I'll go off the track. I'll accept the slowdown to avoid it. And then they continue rolling. So it's hard to know when to hold the brakes and when to not hold the brakes. But generally, definitely don't boot the throttle. And in, I would say if you're in the middle of the track, generally you just stay still and wait. Yeah, I was going to say the single hardest thing about this, and, and I've been in this position, is if you spin and you're dead in the middle of the track in a straight, is you, have the, you want to get out of people's way as rapidly as possible. But the moment you start moving, you create a huge hazard for everybody. You really want to wait until you have a big enough gap on your relative. And you need to be looking at your relative, not just looking, if you're in VR, out the side of your car or in your mirrors. You want to look at your relative, know you have a big enough gap to start moving, and the next person will be able to see you and react to that cleanly. Even if it means, up, oh, they're coming over the hill. I've got a second and a half. I can't get out of the way. I'm going to sit here and let them drive around me because it really is the best choice. It doesn't feel like it when you're there. You feel like you're just a target. Yep. It's definitely the best choice. Yep. But we're talking about what you do with your left foot, right foot. Stay away from it. Stay off it. I've seen some horror shows with people lighting up the tires. Uh, we've got a bit of feedback as well, Matt, because people can email us feedback or Matt or spanners all at mistapex.net. Hey, man, says Jason from California. So casual. Hey, man. I've been a road racing F1 sports car fan for 37 years, man. Is that California? Have I got it? That's California. Yeah, okay, cool. we'll go with that. <laughs> I've only just discovered that iRacing existed in 2020 when it was on TV during the shutdown. I've actually started uh, participating in since January of 2021. I now have a full sim rig, a Fanatec sim rig, a brand new top-notch Dell PC to my monitor. Ooh, a flathead. You're a flathead. Get VR. I'm all in, and I'm absolutely loving it. It is without question the coolest toy I've ever had and probably will ever have had in my life. I'm having fun on it every night. Anyway, uh, just searching out information on iRacing, learning to drive faster, and applying my automotive dynamic knowledge. I found your podcast, and I'm really enjoying it. Well done. We're out here. We're learning. We're getting faster, says Jason uh, Kotcher in California. Yeah, there is the old person listening now, Matt, but it would really help if people would share it and stuff. Yeah, share. Tell your friends. Get new people involved. Uh, We're doing more video content as well, so we'll be on youtube we're trying to make more videos like the whose fault is it and stuff like that and of course we've got the missed apex f3 championship that we run uh, we're into round four which we're running the night of this recording on friday go and search for missed apex motorsport on youtube and you'll be able to most likely catch up with it after the fact but it's i love it i love our f3 tournaments so much uh, chris and catman on commentary We've got Ellen on tonight in place of Catman because Catman's got a life and a family and responsibilities uh, and a job. But the, the tournament style that we do really recreates our kind of our karting events in a way. You know, you've got three short sprint intense races and then the chaos of the fun race. And it's just such a wonderful night to way to spend the night. I float back into the house from the shed mat after those tournament nights. Yeah, no, it is a lot of fun. The driving standard is very high. People are very fast. It's quite competitive. So it, quite it really competitive. is. It, it really is. Like you were, it is full on adrenaline from the moment you hit the track. And I do need to mention that possibly the best voiceover in all of esports. Because you do the title opening. 
Oh, oh, I had forgotten that. But yeah, uh, actually, I do. Uh, yeah, if we're going to have the opening title, should it be me going, all right, guys, uh, yeah, we're doing race cars and that. Or should it be you going, welcome to Misty Pigs Raceway, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I said, yeah, you do it. Everything sounds better when it's Americans to us because it sounds like off of the telly. It makes it sound like we've got a guy from the telly doing it. Uh, Uncle Steve, I think, actually only likes me to do it because I turn my work in on time. Okay, I feel attacked and seen. That's fine. That's fine. A uh, big shout out to uh, Uncle Steve, who's in Australia. He does the broadcast for us. Top notch. Go and check it out. And thank you as well uh, to Richard and Sam, who help us with the admin and the scoring and the route, rolling people together, uh, being race control. I tell you what we've been doing. We've been tightening up on driving standards to the point that we are now stewarding. And it's it's not ideal that we're stewarding and being competitors, but... I think people have responded to it pretty well. We issued about eight or nine warnings. Most of them were just calmed down. A couple of them were, I think we might have one pit lane start, but I've forgotten. Um, it's, I think it's good. It's like you're playing Sunday league football. I don't think it detracts from anything if the referee gives you a yellow card or the odd red card for a dirty tackle is issued. I think it just, it, it just, it makes the fun organized in a way that everyone can enjoy. Cause otherwise you could just end up just, it could just be a PlayStation lobby, couldn't it? Yeah, well, I think at the end, most successful leagues wind up with some kind yes. of stewarding. Everyone that I've done uh, that that's not been missed Apex has had stewarding or protests that you can file after the race if you feel like someone drove unfairly. And then they'll look at it and they'll say like, well, you know, like, like, yeah, it's a bit dodgy, but it was kind of a racing incident or no, that was definitely not on. They've gotten a penalty point or, you know, if they get enough of them, they're banned from the next race. So everyone seems to have a system for dealing with these driver on driver conflicts. And, um, and I, I think that's, I think that's absolutely fair because sometimes we make mistakes and we should, those, we should be made sure we're aware of when we do something incorrectly so we don't do it again. And then sometimes people really do have a moment of rage and intentionally do things, and they they need to be reminded that that's <laughs> that's not going to be permitted uh, on our hallowed grounds. Search for Missed Apex Motorsport on YouTube, and thank you very much, Jason, for that feedback. Uh, we do read all the feedback. I'm getting better at reading them out on the show as well. So uh, spanners at mistapex.net. And also maybe leave us an iTunes review or something. Tell your friends. We'll share. We'll give a shareable link in the show notes too. Next thing on how to not be an idiot. Three wide into lap one. This was the theme of my latest Whose Fault Is It video, where I don't think I was really to blame for the incident, but it's going into Stowe. And there was two cars ahead of me. I'd got a great run out of Maggots and Beckett. And I'm bombing down the hangar straight. It's a practice race. I didn't want to give up that run i got alongside so we're now three wide into stow it's a short sharp break and then accelerating loads of grip loads of exit and the poor guy in the middle ended up just getting ping-ponged around between the two guys so i i think when you choose to make it three wide if things go wrong like like i i chose to go three wide there i've got a bit, a bit of responsibility for saying I, I made a very difficult situation for everyone there yeah you did. And if you had if you had pulled off an overtake there, that would have been legitimate. But I think the flip side of that is that if I'm the third person to that party and I'm the third person to that party and it's going to be that way all the way around the turn, 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not like I had a huge overspeed and I got to the apex before the other two and just carried on my merry way. Then I think you also have an extra responsibility to to avoid collisions with the person on your inside or outside, depending upon where you sort of wound up yeah. trying to go around. No, the I was always on the inside, and I did stay very tight and very narrow. But I guess in my head, I was hoping that because he'd been swamped by me on one side coming so far back and the championship leader on the other side, if that was me and it was the other guy had come and gained that that space down the the hangar straight, I might have gone, hmm, the momentum's not with me right now. I might just lift. And that's what I was hoping, I think. And I think most people who stick it in three wide are hoping that someone's going to pull out and it's not them. Oh, you know, it's like who gives way at a mini roundabout in the UK. You end up at an impasse or all three people crash. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one uh, because it, it's so hard to, to give up that place when you've got momentum. Um, well, you bring it up. I, I, that's an interesting point. If you were the person who's like, if you were going to be the meat in the sandwich three wide. I wouldn't I would normally pull out because I'd be terrified and I would have probably lifted if that had been me. You are, unless you're really going to be able to pinch the person on the inside, and depending upon the direction of the next corner, you're probably going to lose out. If not that corner, the next corner. Because you're compromised on your entry and on your exit. If I'm on the outside, I can, I can take a higher speed entry. If I'm on the inside, I can get on the throttle quicker on exit. So if you're talking about someone who's, who we know, championship leader, is fast, and they're going to be on the outside and you're on the inside, then yeah, absolutely. I would actually follow that person, especially through that corner, because yeah. you've got a left-hander yeah. coming up and you know he's going to stay on the inside and the two of you are going to fight. You just follow the fastest person through the next corner and you're going to get that position back. I'm glad we thought about this because all the the battling stuff we've been talking through with Brad has been like one-on-one. And when I've been trying to apply that, you know, suddenly you'll go, oh, there's three of us, there's four of us, there's five of us in this pack. How do we apply it? And I, I, I think just from this conversation, if I find myself as the meat in the sandwich, that's an untenable position. And watching from this Whose Fault Is It video that I'll link below, I, I felt so sorry for him in that situation because the, the guy on the outside of the three actually left like five car widths to the middle. But it feels like you're being squeezed because you also know there's another car there on the inside. So I think if I find myself in him, his position now, whereas previously I might have gone, uh, well, I was the, I was here. You're the one who's made it the the three wide. I think now I might be inclined to go, do you know what? This situation might not work out so well for me. Yeah, well, I have found like into that particular, uh, you were talking cops? Stowe, in, Stowe. In Stowe, yeah. yeah. So into Stowe, if, I'm, if I have overspeed, Usually people will go to the inside and make me go around the outside um, as often as not. But the inside is actually better if you're faster because you can, you get round, but the outside is better for defending into the next corner. So, so it's, it's one half dozen. It's who you think is going to be able to carry the most speed. So on those kind of sweeping corners, there's another one at Cops as well. What I found is I, I will prefer the inside line because yes, I've not got the ideal entry angle, but what I can at least do is get to the apex. And once I'm at the apex, I'm on familiar ground then. I know that the grip's there, the normal grip I have lap after lap. I can get on the curb and I'm kind of in control. I would rather make the other car have to take a new path that maybe he didn't practice. You know, if there's marbles on, maybe there's marbles out there. I would rather just beeline for the exit. And I found that to be 
fairly successful because you're making the other card do the work, if you like. And you don't have to let them turn in super early. It's up to you to kind of give yourself as much room as possible. They have to then wait for you to turn. That's the first thing. And you're diving towards familiar territory. So, yeah, I, on the, I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary. I think most drivers usually prefer the inside into that kind of corner. Yeah, they do. And uh, so going back to our Stowe thing, which I apologize, I lost my point halfway through, which, you know, not like I'm old or anything. You're super old. The person who was the meat in the sandwich with your overspeed really should have defended the inside when he saw you coming. Oh, and yeah, you yeah, go yeah, to yeah. the middle. And then I'm the meat in the sandwich and I'm disadvantaged. And then you're having to make the choice of do I go, do, am I, do I compromise both sides or do I pick someone to follow? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You try to take the inside, the amount of times people will push you so far to the edge, but will not actually close the door. So people are reluctant to close the door all the way on the inside for, for whatever reason, whether they feel like it's leaving them too narrow a line or they feel like they won't be able to move back. Uh, but you can defend all the, ins- on the way to the inside and then start moving back as well. Uh, but yeah, I think like most people end up leaving the door open down the inside when they could shut it. It's because they want a better entry yes, to the corner. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but that's, that's the choice you have to make if you see someone who's got speed on you. If, if you, you choose, I'm going to take the outside or the inside and make them go the way that you prefer least. So I'm, that's 4D chess now, Matt. It's getting all intense, isn't it, in our brains and our strategy. I'm going to be concentrating that on, on that today. I, I don't want to be the meat in the sandwich. That's what I'm going to avoid. And uh, what we, you've put radio. You said radio for one of the how to not be a wobbly head. Yeah, well, I, I just mentioned that earlier. Oh, just yeah. in terms of the tenor of the game. Yeah. Just don't get shouty if you're an incident. If you're in an incident... Even if it's even if you've been punted from behind, like no fault of your own, first lap you've got a, a half a gap, ha- half a nose width gap to the person in front of you, and smash! Someone just comes flying into you. Do not get all shouty. 
on the radio. It just doesn't do anything to promote the overall what feel uh, of the event. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, it happened to me, I think, at Nürburgring. I started seventh. I was in fourth place in the first lap. I'm going around, you know, going around the third or fourth turn and smash just from behind, completely taken out, ruined my race all the way to the back, had to get a tow, couldn't even drive around. And I knew the person who smashed into me. I didn't say anything. And then afterwards, turns out someone had hit him and yes. sent him straight into me. And it's a good thing that I didn't start yelling at him <laughs> on, on, on the radio. And the amount of times you don't spot what you did wrong until you look back at the replay as well. Yeah. The, yeah, the, there's a yeah. reason I've bound myself off of uh, off of game chat. So, okay, yes, good. I think we're, we're making a good list here. So, email us. Tell us what you think we should, and let's call it a wobbly head. Don't be an F3, don't be an iRacing wobbly head uh, with the following things, and email them to us, matt at mistapex.net. Spanners at mistapex.net. I think um, this will be a good place to leave it. I did want to just say hello to everyone and put out some content this week, even though we weren't able to to put out the show that we wanted to. Our expert was due to come on yesterday, but I had diggers out the back, just literally two metres away from the shed studio. Big digger, big in a big, digging a big trench. So our expert was very kind to move it to, to till today, but actually couldn't make it in the end. But we still got to have a chat to everyone, so that's fine. Yeah, it's good. I think, I think we brought up some good content, and uh, you know, I look forward to hearing the feedback, people's ideas, how to, how to do better on your opening lap. I have been taken out on the opening lap, or I've had an incident. It could be anyone's fault. Uh, let's see. Out of the nine races in our championship so far, six, I haven't survived the first lap so far. So I'm really desperate to change that. I've got to take some of the respect. It's happened to me six times. So it must be something uh, that I'm doing. One of those was just on the grid, to be fair. Um, but yeah, when, when it's six out of nine, you go, hmm, what am I doing? Yeah, uh, you have you have to you have to wonder that a bit, even if you feel like you're doing everything right. And sometimes I think it comes down to things like uh, like I know that that incident you know, that that Kyle was talking about, where he just braked a lot later than everybody else. But if you had already been covering off the inside, he'd hit me. Yeah. <laughs> well, but if you'd covered off the inside, he would have had to have braked sooner. Yes, true. Right. I left you a door. left a door for him there. So what I'm gonna, what I've been trying to do in general is just be more aggressive and race more freely. I had worried that as the host of these events, that I had become paranoid about ruining someone's race yeah. when I'd invited them to be there. There was an incident at one of the early karting events where it was a left-right chicane, and I'd invited everyone to come. You know, as listeners, come and race with with me and some of the guys. It was a left-right chicane. I did what Verstappen did at Imola, where he was on the inside and there for the left-hander, and then for the right-hander, Max just goes straight to the apex and pushes Hamilton off. Except in my story, in my situation, there was a wall on the other side, and I ended up putting one of our listeners just in the wall because I, you know, we were side by side through the first turn, and then I was like, right, I'll go to the apex. You can, you can crash or or. Or lift, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. It's like back out, mate. I'm, I've got the apex, and he didn't, and he and I felt so terrible. He never came back. That listener never came back to a future i racing event. Is no longer a patron of the show. So I was like, yeah, I can't invite you here and then ruin it. But I've gone too far the other way. I've gone too far the other way where I will let someone through instead of fighting them because I don't want to be in an incident and then that be made a fuss of 
and people feel bad that they hit me. So I, be- I just became really kind of wound up and paranoid and stopped racing people in my own events. Yeah, well, all right. So first of all, just sharing this from the endurance driving I've done, it's harder than you think to let people buy. Yeah. Especially I've, safely. Yeah, number I'm, one. I cause more problems probably letting people buy. Yeah. And number two, if they have the pace on you, if they have the run on you, you're really best off doing traditional defending. I've moved over and I've told you which line I'm taking into this corner and you have to go around me because you're faster. That makes it safer for everybody. So sort of like fight the overtake in a traditional, normal, predictable way, knowing that you're probably going to lose that. Yeah. 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 But, but say, okay, I'm, I'm coming into turn three and I see someone coming up fast on the inside. All right, I'm going to go all the way to the inside. Now you can go around me and take the outside if you want. That's fine. I know you're there. But if you're halfway between the inside and the outside, which is a lot of times going to be the case on the first lap, because it all gets fluffy through the, through, the, through the first and second turns, then, then you just, you're letting someone take a lot of speed into that corner, and then you wind up being that meat in the sandwich that you're trying to avoid. Yeah. Uh, there's also a couple of different reactions people have to me as the organizer and obviously like they know me because i'm the host of the podcast they listen to so one i know there's a few people out there who like i, I want to beat him like I've, I've had people say like i've definitely i fought you harder because you're that guy off the podcast and i want to race you and i want to beat you and that'd be cool uh, but i also get the other one which is I don't want to hit the guy from the podcast or I don't want to hit the race organizer. So I've had bizarre situations where someone just doesn't want to hit me. I don't want to hit them either. So I like, you know, where we've gone really slowly round a corner, one at one side of the track, one at the other side of the track. And I've gone, at some point you've got to go, stop, this isn't racing. So I just issued like a group email and said, right, you're free to protest, protest me if I hit you, but I am just, I'm going for it as if it's a normal official event. Mind you, I don't tend to hit people in the officials either, so it should be okay, but I am I'm going for it. I want a top 10 finish out of our 50 grid today. Uh, you have the pace to get it, if I may observe that. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah I've, you're due. I've cheated, due. though. I've, I've cheated. I've cheated to get this pace, though. I've worked hard. I've listened to experts. and I've analysed the data. Yeah, you have. You have done all of those things, <laughs> and it's making a difference. I'm so close to paying for the VRS. So there's VRS Race School, not an advert. VRS Race School, where you put your telemetry tracker on. That's free. Um, we've got, we're getting everyone in our tournament to do it. But if you want to analyze like side-by-side data, you can see exactly where the top guys on their top laps are braking, accelerating exactly what line they're taking, and then test and adjust what you do and see how it feels. Uh, and... Uh, it's like Rosberg and Hamilton, isn't it? Just copy, you're just copying people's homework. But if you get used to driving that way, it then translates, I guess. Yeah, well, it's a good way to help you find the actual limits of the car, not the perceived limits of the car. Because that's what, you know, and, and that's what keeps, and I know for me, like, especially, like, you know, finish first. If you want to finish first, first you got to finish. So rule number one for most of us is, like, we just don't want to bend it off yeah. the track on our own. Yep. But when you drive like that, you leave a lot of time on there. And the closer you can get to the I just about but didn't quite bin it, the faster you're going. Have you ever looked at those traces, seen where someone's braking or how they're braking and gone, I'll just do that. And then you get you get to that bit of the track and you just can't do it. Yeah, actually, actually, you know what I really like to do? And this is this is like you can't tell Brad 
you cannot tell Brad. Okay. But the thing that I really like to do is I will just download one of the best laps from, from, from PDFs because you can download all those things yep. um, or, or get somebody who's faster than you just get their best lap and just chase it. You, you immediately see where you're losing time. Oh, can you put like a little ghost image on your test? No. You can load up a compare. You, you, you actually, you don't even have to. All you have to do is get the, the lap time from somebody mm. um, and load it in as a comparison lap time. And they will. Um, wait, wait. So can I, can, can I race ghost, ghost Brad? Though. Yeah, you could I say, Brad, send me your best lap from Silverstone. Load it into comparison. Choose it in your options. What is that? And which, you can just which, chase them around the track. Which app are you using that in? Um, in iRacing. That's just all in iRacing. I didn't know yeah, you could do uh, that. There, there's like a lap files, I think. Oh, okay. Or, I didn't know. Or, or you load it into the track and you put the time in the track. And then when you go, it, it says, oh, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, one minute, 51.3. Mm. And then you just say, choose comparison time for your little Delta box. Choose that lap. And then it just puts a car up that drives oh, that fast. That's what comparison lap is. Yep. Obviously, I knew what all-time best, session best, all that kind of thing. So comparison lap is whatever you've selected as that. And it will put, oh, my, all this time. All right. I would love that. Because when you are chasing your own ghost image, it is so, you, you can see exactly, like you can try something different and you can see visually the split second that yep. you lose time or gain time to yourself and improve. Oh, I definitely want to do that to one of the top guys. Yeah, no, you know, get Kyle or Brad or, or Danny to send you uh, their lap of Silverstone and then chase it. All right, let's get out of here. We've got, I've got to put my PE kit on because I take it seriously, these tournaments. I put my PE kit on, shorts and T-shirt, just do a bit of a stretch and get ready to take part in tonight's championship. Follow Matt at MattPT55 on Twitter. Me at Spanners Ready. The show is at iRacing Podcast. Email us. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Share it with your friends and tell us your number one thing uh, to how to not be an idiot in iRacing. Until we see you next, work hard, be kind, and have fun. This was Mr. Apex Podcast iRacing. We didn't need no stinking experts, Matt. I think, if anything, people are fed up of experts with their knowledge that they've gained from experience. Yeah, what do they really know? Just all the facts. That's all they know. All they know is facts and how to apply them practically. Who needs facts? Who needs experts? We have opinions. We have feelings. That's all that matters. My feelings are more important than your learned education and knowledge and experience. My sense, my spidey sense, my billy sense. Indeed, indeed. Although I could, I could tell you about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.